National Counties Cricket Association podcast with Jim Law and Richard Lundberg. Bedfordshire, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, Cambridgeshire, Cheshire, Cornwall, Cumbria, Devon, Dorset, Herefordshire, the NCCA podcast, Hertfordshire, Lincolnshire, Norfolk, Northumberland, Oxfordshire, Shropshire, Staffordshire, Suffolk, Wales National Counties, Wiltshire. We've got National Counties Cricket covered. Um, okay, so uh, back on the NCCA podcast, it's been a, a cracking week of cricket once again in, in the championship games. Uh, we've also got, of course, the knockout trophy semi-finals this weekend. Uh, Rich, how are you, sir? And uh, what have we got lined up? Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. I've been a- around watching a bit of cricket. Uh, I've been over at uh, Manor Park watching Norfolk and Staffs and then came back through Cambridgeshire. Uh, See their game at March. Uh, so I've seen lots of cricket, lots of great performances. Uh, managed to accept lots of very nice hospitality. So thank you to the counties I've been to. Um, and it was all, yeah, looked like there's some really good cricket played elsewhere in the in the country as well. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the this weekend's semi-final games. And um, we are joined by some special guests this week, not just one, but four. Um, we've got Oscar Colk from Wales. We've got Sam Dutton from Cumbria, Ben Seabuck from Cambridgeshire and Andy Rishton from Berkshire to talk about themselves and their teams ahead of the semi-finals this weekend. So uh, shall, we, shall we start our review then in the East? And you mentioned Cambridgeshire there, uh, travelling up there on Monday. Uh, they were at uh, home to Lincolnshire. Yeah, at March, at March Cricket Club. So... Um, Lincolnshire batted first uh, and posted a really healthy 363 for eight. Uh, Jack Nightingale top scored with 71. Uh, and then there were half centuries from Joseph Kendall, Ross Carnley uh, and Don Butchard. So there's uh, yeah plenty of runs for links. Uh, Harrison Craig, um, who we spoke to uh, a couple of weeks ago, he performed really well, bowled plenty of overs, uh, 37 overs, four for 142. Uh, so he was the leading wicket taker in that first innings. Uh, comes in their first innings, got to 287 uh, all out. So a little bit of a deficit. Uh, Kieran McKenzie uh, scored 59 and, and they were 88 for six actually in that inning. So they were struggling a little bit, but mm. uh, uh, Callum Guest came in and got uh, 105 to sort of steer the ship to a pretty competitive total. Um, James Dobson uh, led the way with the, the wickets three for 29 and the rest of them are kind of um, spread out. Linked second innings, um, they got up to 213. Uh, Ross Carnley got another half century to add to his 50 in the first innings. Uh, but star performer to add to his four, four wickets in, um, in, in the first innings, obviously on great form uh, with lots of confidence. Was Harrison Craig. He bowled 21 overs, eight for 76, uh, which left him with match figures for 12 for 218 off 58 overs. So a hell of a stint from him, but um, lots and lots of wickets. So uh, he's obviously in good form uh, and will take a lot of confidence into the semi final uh, this weekend. And it, and it f- finished with um, links being set 289 uh, to win. Sorry, um, Cambridge have been set 289 to win. Uh, and that, they started really solidly, but I think um, the game kind of petered out a little bit. Aaron uh, Thomason opened the bat and got 73, and, and it looked really, they looked really well set to make a good uh, a good go at it. But um, Mark Footit ended up with three for 58, uh, and the game petered out into a bit of a draw. Uh, they ended up on 205 for seven. So yeah, it's not quite gone all their way uh, as it did in the in the white ball cricket, but. Um, yeah, they've certainly got a, good, uh, a couple of players on decent form. Like, like we said, Harrison Craig doing really well. 
Yep. So, uh, so you sampled the hotels of uh, March and the, the, the flesh pots of, uh, of March, and then moved <laughs> moved to Norfolk the next day. Uh, actually, the other way around. Sorry. But yeah. I, I, no, no. I sampled the the the, the, the hotels of Norfolk because uh, I went to Manor Park on the Monday and uh, Cam's on the Tuesday. But yeah, at, at Manor Park, it was it was the first time I've been up there. Actually, and it, it was a really impressive sight as I drove in with all the marquees up and the the pergolas and and the game was in full swing. Um, so yeah, that was that was really impressive, and they 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 do a great job up there. So. Um, that was uh, that was really nice to see and and, and thanks for the hospitality um but yeah so staffs started the game and uh, they batted first they were 231 all out um with uh, ashley watson being the main the main uh, the main corporate there with 29 overs five for 57 uh tim maxfield uh sort of steadied the ship from the staffs and finished up with 93 not out <coughs> Norfolk then in their first innings were bowled out for 151. Um, Liam Banks three for 20, three for 23. So he um, he obviously bowled very nicely, and Sam Arthurton was a top scorer uh, with 41. Um, Staff then were rolled for 176 <clears throat> um, with uh, with Rob Hemmings getting 48, which kind of left it in. As I was leaving, I kind of thought that's a that's a pretty decent uh, pretty decent total to try and defend on there. I think Norfolk needed 260 to win, so it was a really sort of evenly evenly matched game at that point. <clears throat> However, Sam Arthurton obviously had other ideas, um, and he finished with 158 not out as Norfolk seemed to cruise to cruise to victory in the end. So um, obviously, nearly 200 runs scored for. For, for Sam in that game uh, and that's a hell of an innings um, uh, and a match winning one which is what you want from your batters in the second innings so uh, a great win for Norfolk um, and in that division um, they thanks to that win they're, they're the top of that table and obviously there's a few people have only played a couple of games but Norfolk having played three games um, are 50 points Suffolk having played two games are 30 points Lynx having played three are 24 Staffs only having played two games are on 18 and Cam's are on 14 points, but have only played two games as well. So, yeah, that's um, that's a really well set up group for the last uh, last few games. Yeah. OK, uh, Eastern Division two, then uh, Bedfordshire hosted Cumbria first off. They did at Flittick um, uh, and Bed's back first. Uh, they were bowled out for 239. Um Am- Amrit Basra was 61, and-, and Tom Brett batting down at 11 got 48, um, and Paul Highmarsh was the leading leading the bowler for for Cumbria with five for 44. Uh, Cumbria then got to 160 for nine. I think they had one of their players that was absent, so uh, Michael Slack top scored. Obviously, he's one of our uh, ones to watch in the one day stuff. as the, le- the leading MVP at the moment. He was 88 not out. And Tom Brett, who's been on great form all season, uh, was added to his, his runs with five for 45, uh, uh, as did Amrit Basra, where he got three for 19 to add to his 61 as well. So uh, a couple of uh, pretty decent performers there for Beds. Um, Beds then batted and got 269 for eight. Um, thanks largely to George Thurston, who got 62, uh, and James Kettleborough, who finished with 100 not out. Um and Matthew Siddle um, was 
uh, he finished with six for 82. So obviously bowled really nicely in that second innings. But there was a pretty decent target to be set, 348 to win for Cumbria. And they really didn't get anywhere near. Uh, they were bowled out for 114. Uh, Matt Coles, five for 71. And Tom Brett, to add to his five for and his runs, ended up with four for 30 as well. So um, Beds ended up winning by 234 runs. Okay, uh, and what about at uh, Tring Park then, where the uh, where the final, of course, will be played? Buckinghamshire took on Hertfordshire. Yes, and Hearts batted first there, and and they've them really hit their straps, I don't think, and they were bowled out for 184 on the first day. Uh, Thomas Hampton uh, got five for 55. Uh, the runs were pretty evenly spread out uh, through that innings. Um, Bucks then batted uh, and managed to eke a little lead out. Uh, they got two, they were uh, 207 all out. Uh, Alex Cavazzi top scored with 53. Uh, and the pretty impressive Zaman Akhtar, uh, he got six for 51. Um, so Hearts went in slightly behind, but were rolled for 75 all out. So Cameron Parsons, three for 11. Uh, and Alexander Woodland, three for 28, did the damage. Um, Books only needed 54 to win and knocked them off without losing a wicket. So a pretty convincing win for Books, a 10-wicket win. And the Division 2 table looks like Beds are at the, having played three on 41 points, Hearts having played three on 35, Books having played just two games on 31, Northumberland on 26 points after two games, and Cumbria on eight points after two games. So a pretty tight um, tight table there with certainly the top three only been only having 10 points be- be- between them. So, yeah, that's looking good going into the last few games as well. Four decent games in the East then. And it looks like the weather held good as well. So uh, that's that's nice to see. Yeah, I think I think there was a couple of games that had a, a few showers here and there. But yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think they missed most of it. So that was good. Excellent. So Norfolk at the top of uh, East 1 and uh, Bedfordshire top of East 2. NCCA reviews and previews. Law and Logan on the NCCA pod. So let's have a look at uh, the Western Division then, uh, starting off in Division 1. And uh, we saw Berkshire play at home to Dorset. They did play at Finch Hampstead uh, and they, they batted first at home. Uh, and got 301 uh, before they were bowled out. Half centuries from Archie Carter with 64. Dan Lincoln, 59. And Andy Rishton, uh, who's been in good form, got 75. Um, Bradley Curry, who's uh, been playing uh, some of the some of the first-class stuff this year, um, he came back in and got three for 58. James Trodd, three for 66. Um, they, were the, they were the leading wicket-takers in that innings. Um, Dorset then went into bat and... They got they got spun out um, and for bowled out for eighty six um, to Messrs Peplow and Woods hmm. um, both uh, ten overs four for eight and ten overs four for sixteen so yeah obviously uh, historically it does turn a little bit at Finch but um, yeah they did they did quite a bit of damage there so um, Berkshire went back into bat and ended up getting two hundred and seven for eight. Um, Rich Morris got 49 and Andy Richman added some more runs with 46 not out. Um, James Trodd added another three wickets to his three in the first innings and Josh Digby uh, got three for 81 in, in Berkshire's second innings. Uh, so Dorset was set 422 to win 
uh, and that was way too many. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah, they were bowled out for 169, 422. I think would be. Um, I don't know whether that would be whether that be some kind of record. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if it was in a fourth fourth innings. But yeah, 169 all out. Uh, Simon Woodruff showed a little bit of resistance with his 59, um, but Ewan Woods took four for 44 and returned match figures of eight for 60. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, yeah, pretty solid, solid win for Berkshire. Mm, ominously on the march. Yeah, they seem to be seem to be picking up a, a bit of momentum. So yeah, ones to watch, I think. Okay, um, <laughs> Oxfordshire. They were down at South Wilts uh, playing Wiltshire. Yeah, um, and Wiltshire didn't start that well. Uh, they were bowled out for ninety-seven in their first innings. Uh, Gareth Andrew four for thirty-six. Uh, off 22 overs as well, so he got through the overs. Alex Chapman, three for 21, and Pravdeep Chahal, who three for 28. Um, so wickets pretty pretty well spread out there. Oxford got themselves to 204, um, thanks to Zach Lyon Cachet with 73, uh, and wickets for Matt Burton, five for 73, and Josh Croon, four for 41. So Oxford had a, uh, had a fair lead there of just over 100. But Wilts made a much better, uh, much better do of it in the second innings. Uh, they got up to 314 for six declared. Um, thanks largely to Jack Minot, who scored 104, um, supported by Bradley Dawson, who ended up 56 not out. Um, and the wickets were pretty well spread out through that innings for Oxford. <coughs> they needed 211 for victory. And, yeah, they got them six down, six wickets down. Tom Cosford uh, got 50. And Marcus Campopiano got 86 so oxfordshire were yeah a pretty a pretty decent uh, four wicket win there and some fantastic photographs from that game roy honeybone who uh, always covers those wiltshire matches uh a glittering array on uh, on social media uh, hundreds of pictures but uh, yeah great stuff at uh, at south wilts uh, into uh, sorry uh, rich the um, the table the western division one table Yes, the table. Bear with me a second. We've got Dorset at the top, having played three uh, on 36 points, but just one point behind on 35 uh, in Berkshire. They've only played two games. Uh, Cheshire, 32, having only played two as well. And Oxford on 28, having only played two. So literally only eight points split in the top four teams. And then Wiltshire, having played three, are on 16. So, yeah, that is looking... The tightest group out of the lot, I think. Um, that's that's really well set up for the rest of the year. Yep. Okay. Uh, in Western Division Two, the, the the scone battle, as we always say, don't we? Cornwall <laughs> against Devon. Yeah, that, that was down at Truro, um, and I can't remember. I picked for a winner. We'll we'll get onto that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, which another another miserable showing um, by myself, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, Cornwall batted first. Uh, they were two hundred and six all out. Paul Smith got fifty nine. Um, Jamie Stevens three for seventy three, and then uh, Kaz Samansky uh, got some more wickets. He keeps testing me by getting wickets every every week. Uh, five for forty two. Uh, Devon then managed to eke out a bit of a lead. They got to two hundred and eighty before they were bowled out. Um, with James Hawler uh, getting sixty, Matt Thompson, who's been on good form all year, added another seventy one to his runs tally, and Callum Haggett sixty one. Um, Ellis Whiteford was the leading wicket-taker in that innings for Cornwall with three for 97. And then Cornwall batted again and were bowled out for 240. Um, Jamie Stevens added to his three wickets uh, in the first innings with another five to end up with match figures of eight for 131. 
and Paul Smith added to his 50 in the first innings with another 50. So, so a couple of decent performers there from both sides with bat and ball. Um, and then with a target of just 166, Devon were 122 for five, looked to be cruising. Uh, Matt Thompson, 43, Callum Haggart, 48, both adding to their first innings runs. But then Ellis Whiteford and Craig Johnson came in and mopped up the tail, I suppose you say. Uh, one Ellis finished with four for 67 and Craig four for 30. Uh, and Devon ended up being bowled out for 127, so lost their last five wickets for as many runs. So Cornwall snuck in with a victory. So uh, they won by 39 runs in the end. So, yeah, um, what looked like a really great game there, very tight finish, but Cornwall came out on top. Yep. Uh, meantime, Wales National Counties hosted uh, Shropshire at uh, the wonderful Abergavenny. The wonderful Abergavenny, absolutely. Uh, and Shropshire batted first uh, and made the most of things. They got to 300, uh, thanks largely to Graham Wagyu, who scored 126. Uh, Sam Jardine, um, who is a fantastic cricket name, because I remember when I was young and used to watch lots of old videos of cricket with Douglas Jardine. So I don't know whether there's any uh, family connections there, but I know he used to bowl extremely quick. Um, yeah, Sam Jardine got three for 44. Wales then um, posted a little bit of a lead, obviously batted very well, got to, uh, got to 352. Morgan Bevans uh, was 59, but uh, Wales's wicketkeeper Cameron Herring ended up top scoring on 110, um, supported by Kieran Ball down the innings on 95, not out. Uh, and Sam Ellis was the leading wicket taker for Shropshire with three for 47. And then Shropshire kind of got to 250 for eight, and the game sort of petered out uh, into a bit of a draw. Sam Whitney was 66, not out uh, at number 10, uh, and Ben Morris was. Ben Morris ended up with five for fifty, uh, five for forty-six. Sorry. So yeah, that en that ended up in uh, in a draw, really. I suppose two hundred ahead. Yeah, there wasn't much to uh, to to play to play for with that one. Um, so yeah, a, a draw, which is unlike this week because we've had quite a lot of results. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the the league table in that one, Hereford, having only played two games, are out. Have uh, got, got a pretty decent lead on forty-seven points. So certainly um, are in a in a great position. Wales have played there, played three games and on 32. Cornwall on 29 points, having played two games. Devon hadn't got through three games around 21 and Shropshire at the bottom at the moment, but having only played two games on 14 points. Hereford are the only side then to, have, uh, to top their, their group, having only played two games. Yeah, yeah, with their two pretty solid wins. Well, please, Mr Morris, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, uh, game of the round, Rich. Out of those uh, eight uh, games of cricket this weekend, game of the round. Mm. Um, not not sure from an excitement perspective, but for me, from a performance perspective, I think what you're always looking for uh, are people to step up in the second innings of games. Because uh, I know you need to set games up in the first innings for sure. But for me, uh, Norfolk knocking off the runs against Staffs. Um, on a, don't get me wrong, it was a decent wicket for sure, but I think 158 in the second innings to knock off a, a knock, knock off a total is always one to sort of uh, highlight. I think so. For me, it was the Norfolk game um, and, and Sam Arthurton's 158 not out. Okay, uh, so the uh, the cup semi-finals, of course, come in this weekend, and then uh, we've got what uh, three weeks of um, 
county cricket championship cricket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got uh, we've got the semi-finals this weekend that we've been looking forward to, uh, with Wales taking on Berkshire uh, at Port Talbot and Cumbria taking on Cams at Keswick. So, yeah, that's um, that's definitely something to look forward to this weekend. And then following that, we've got the the remainder of the championship stuff before yep. we've got the final at Wormsley on the 2nd of September. So, um, yeah. And then they obviously, the, as you said earlier, we've got the final of the championship, which we will talk more about over the coming weeks uh, at Tring Park that starts on the 5th of September. OK, so 15th and 22nd weekends and then uh, your first weekend off is the, the bank holiday 29th of, uh, of August. That's right, yeah. First weekend off for a while. Great stuff. OK. The NCCA Most Valuable Player here on the pod. So, uh, MVP time, Rich. Um, come on, pick the bones out of that lot. Yeah, well, obviously lots of lots of good performers. Uh, uh, and what we're certainly finding with the MVP is the people that are coming out of the top are the ones that kind of have that consistent performance throughout the whole game, both first innings and second innings. Um, and even with Sam's 150 in the second innings, he, he, he chipped in with 41 in the first innings as well. So... Weekly winners this week, we've got four people that really stood out. Jamie Stevens um, on 17 points um, at Devon. Uh, he did really nicely in both innings as well. Ewan Woods, as we said, I think he ended up with match figures for eight for, I think I said, um, for Berkshire. And we've got joint winners at the top this this week, uh, both with 21 points. Um, Tom Brett for beds uh, again wickets in both innings and he chipped in with 48 as well and as we've just said Sam Arthurton uh, they both ended up with 21 points to be top of the table this week caps ready to go I guess caps ready to go and then the overall standings um, we've got Matt Pardew and Cameron Herring uh, who's kind of crept into the top four well the top three is because is they're both on the same Points of 30. Obviously, Matt's had a week off, so the people have managed to catch up and overtake him. Uh, Sam Arthurton's on 31 in second place, but the king of consistency, uh, Tom Brett, is out in front by about eight points now at the top of the MVP standings for the Championship Cricket on 39 points. NCCA reviews and previews. Calling all NCCA badges, it's quiz time. So, what do you know about the National Counties Cricket Championship competition? I've got three questions for you and I'll give you the answers later on, but no Googling. Okay, question one. In which year were the then minor counties divided into eastern and western divisions with a final between the two winners to determine an outright champion? Was it in 1973, 1983 or 1993? Question two. Which county has won the championship 12 times with one shared title more times than any other county? And question three. Who did Berkshire beat by one wicket to win the 2019 championship final? Keep listening for the answers and good luck. All your National Counties Cricket Association news. The NCCA podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. 
Okay, so time to look now at the uh, the knockout trophy. We've reached the uh, semi-final stage this Sunday, Rich. Uh, Cumbria take on Cambridgeshire at Keswick, and Wales national counties are at home to Berkshire in Port Talbot. And you have a plethora of stars with you, Rich. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've got four of the players that are going to be taking part this weekend in the semi-finals. Um, so we've got Oscar Colt from Wales, uh, Sam Dutton from Cumbria, Ben Siebert from Cams, and Andy Rishton from Barks. Welcome, lads. Thank you very much. Hey, how's it going? Good morning. Yeah, all good. That'll be the one time that hopefully we all dip in. Um, <laughs> but really, <clears throat> just as a, a as a bit of a starter for 10, I suppose it'll be good to get uh, a bit of a view on just how you how you think the season's gone to date. And um, if we can start with you, Oscar, uh, how's, how's your season gone personally? Yeah, so... Personally, I've had a, a pretty decent season for the for the national counties. Um, been in the runs, thankfully, um, and I think it's it's been nice to be in a, a winning side as well. Um, obviously, getting to the to the semi final so far, and then having a having a decent start to the to the three day comp as well. Um, so yeah, no, it's been a really positive season for me personally. Excellent, and like you say, Wales have had a had a really good start, and that's not necessarily been. The case over the last year. So what's what's been a bit different this year? Do you think? No, I think I think obviously um, previously the thinking behind uh, our side's been kind of a, a development team, specifically for for some of the younger Glamorgan lads. Um, but this year we've kind of we've we've had a bit of more of a look at, uh, at some of the university boys from Cardiff um, through the MCCU program, um, and we've got quite a different different group of lads together. Um, and then we're also seeing the. the um, the benefits of having that development team through the past couple of years with those lads sort of coming of age um, and yeah being ready to play and, and take on the best in the in the national counties comp so yeah we're, we're, we're really excited for it and really pleased we've gone so well so far this year yeah excellent and, and Ben how are you feeling because I know that you've had a a week off I was up at the, the Cambridge game and um, I saw your dad but didn't see you because you've had a bit of a hammy haven't you yeah, I've just taken a bit of a precautionary measure. Looking forward to tomorrow. I've had a bit of a hamstring niggle for the last couple of weeks, and I think it's finally, finally the right time to take a week off and get myself ready for this big game tomorrow. Excellent. But you've been, you've been going well personally. Had a couple of obviously pretty instrumental innings with regards to the one-day stuff so far, and you feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased with how I've gone so far in the, in the one-day comp. Um, I think a big thing alongside those runs is obviously we've got the results to back that up hasn't been on the on the losing cause so it's really pleasing on both parts the winning team and been able to chip in with some runs excellent good stuff and and andy you seem to be hitting your straps as well obviously <clears throat> berkshire you, you, you kind of mirrored berkshire this year this it seemed to start a little bit slowly but then uh, have come into come into decent form and that's certainly the same for yourself isn't it yeah, that's very kind of you say. Uh, it's a slow, slow starting year, I think, um, for us hitting, getting back to our straps. Uh, but uh, you know, as always, we, we've been lucky with the experience that we've got in our in our depth and strength uh, of the squad. Uh, you know, the likes of, of the big man Chris Peplo and Rich uh, as well, leading us, especially in the one day comp. We've been lucky enough uh, across most games to win quite defining moments within within the match, uh, which got us across that line uh, more often than not. Uh, bar, bar on the one occasion um, this this summer so far, so it's been a yeah, but we're we're slowly getting there I think, and um, tomorrow is going to be hopefully a pretty exciting game. <clears throat> yeah, excellent. And and Sam, I think 
I don't know whether it seems slightly the other way around. It's probably because the form in the three days hasn't been quite as as good as the one days. But it, uh, it certainly seemed to be the the Dutton and Slack show at the start of the season. Um, how are you guys feeling about about tomorrow? Uh, yeah, we're we're quietly confident. Obviously, Cambridge are a, a serious <laughs> side, but um, we're a brand new side and. Uh, I'm not really sure what I was expecting this year, to be honest. Um, you know, a lot of the lads uh, have obviously debuted this year and they've bought into the, uh, you know, the minor counties set up. And um, yeah, we're just going to keep going and keep enjoying ourselves and see where we end up. Excellent. We've, we've talked a bit to other people that we've had on in the last few weeks about the transition between uh, white ball and red ball and, and back to white ball. Have you found that a bit of a challenge, seeing as, like I said, the results quite haven't gone your way in the three-day stuff, but you've been extremely strong in the, in the one-days. How how have you found that going from from sort of red to white ball and back again? Yeah. Um, well, personally, I just play the same way anyway. But, <laughs> uh, you know, again, a lot of the lads in our side, they haven't even played two-day cricket. You know, it's it's such a big difference. Um, from the red ball cricket you play on the Saturday at your clubs to being able to bat 90 overs. And unfortunately, we haven't quite done that yet. But we always knew we were going to struggle in the three days just because the lack of experience we have. Um, you know, but it's all a learning curve. And uh, if we keep improving, that's all we can ask for. Yeah, and yeah, I wouldn't worry too much at Cumbria. England can't even do that. So uh, it's not too much of a... Too much of an issue, really. I think I think that's kind of something that's mirrored all the way through cricket at the moment, with such a uh, emphasis placed on things like the the hundred and franchise cricket around the world. So, it, I think that's a I think that's a bigger issue than uh, just uh, individual national counties for sure. But um, so Ben, obviously you've done really well yourself, and you had a couple of really good innings. Who are the other kind of guys to look out for in cams? We've um, we've chatted to a couple of the cams players, and, and namely one that really springs to mind is is Harrison Craig. Obviously, he had a great game against Essex. He's had a he's had a blinder this week with twelve wickets in the match. So is he is he somebody definite to look out for tomorrow? Yeah, I think definitely Harrison's had a had a wonderful season so far, and he's just probably been one of our most um, consistent performers in in both forms. I think. Every one-day game we've had, he's either gone at threes or taken a few wickets. So he's definitely a danger man with the ball. But I think you look across our 13-14 our man squad, I think anyone on their day can take a game away from someone, especially with the bats so far. We've had not too many people chip in yet. I think that will, that can change tomorrow when a few guys can, can come off and who are back from injury as well. Yeah, excellent. And Oscar, similar with you, one name that I, I saw kept coming up in the one days was uh, Ted Yip Phillip with a ball. Uh, and obviously Cameron Herring's just had a, uh, he's been a pretty consistent performer all throughout the season as well, but it was off the back of a, a pretty decent hundred this week. So are they are they the main guys for you? Have you got any other uh, guys yeah. that you'd say to look out for? Yeah, so T Tag's done brilliantly in the white ball stuff um, with the ball and Cam has been, yeah, as consistent as anyone with the bat this year for us. Um, we've obviously been, we're lucky enough to have that link with Glamorgan. Um, so I think we've got Andy Gorvin back from his, from his stint in the Royal London. Um, and he's done really well in that comp. So hopefully he can do the same for us on Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, 
we've we've got a very strong strong squad, um, and we've been fortunate enough to to be able to leave out a couple of really really good players. So selection was was tough for for Sunday's game. Um, Sam Pierce as well, obviously back from the from the T20 from the blast with Glam. So we've we've yeah we we're quietly confident that we've got a, we've got a very strong side out Sunday. Excellent, and I think <clears throat> selection issues are obviously always a good thing as well. And Andy, I suppose that's no different at Berkshire. You mentioned Chris Peplow has been a, a serious performer for a, a number of seasons now with Berkshire. Who who are the other chaps? Uh, <clears throat> Ewan Woods has had a good week this week, I think, and he's been pretty consistent. Are that how much is your sort of game in in the one day is based around your sort of spin attack because you've you've obviously got a lot of high class spinners. Yeah, I mean, sure. And it's no no secret that's been our kind of uh, uh, main source of attack with the ball in the last um, you know, years gone by. Uh, and I think James Morris, uh, who came on the podcast quite early on in the summer, uh, sort of mentioned a little bit of Max Utley, um, who's been coming through uh, the club cricket scene. And anyone that's now played against him has seen his skill. Uh, and, and I think he got he got hit around a bit by Matt Coles at Dunstable. Uh, early on in the summer, but um, obviously everyone knows how talented he is. Uh, but since then, he's just gone from strength to strength and learned from every game. Uh, and as you mentioned, Woods, uh, he's really finding form of the ball, his control, is getting better and better. And you know, the big man in Chris Peplow, uh, it just doesn't get you know any better. But again, everyone that's played against him, he knows how dangerous he can be. Not only the control, but his wicket-taking ability. Uh, and then we sort of play from there. Those three spinners um, will be hopefully leading our well, will be leading our attack on Sunday. Uh, with with myself and, and another seamer, I think in Tom Nugent, um, and then, then we'll, we'll sort of go from there, and we back our batters to, to sort of chase or, or set a good score and relay what a good score is on a, on a on a wicket, or depending on obviously how that plays during the day, um, and we will go from there really. Cool. And I was uh, obviously a bit tongue in cheek earlier when I said it was the Slack and Dutton show, but there's been a lot of other people that have contributed with, with Cumbria, and, and Matt Siddell, Siddell <coughs> has had a pretty decent week this week so any any other people to watch out for from Cumbria yeah obviously uh it's Siddle's first year um as our leading spinner uh with uh Bully going to Staffordshire but uh you know he's a young kid he's learning his way especially in three-day cricket you know before uh before the Carlisle game against Northumberland he's never bowled more than 15 overs um and I think he ended up bowling about 60 overs um so, you know, he's still learning. Um, uh, James McGowan, uh, left-arm seamer. Unfortunately, you can't play in the three-day games uh, with work, but he's played right through the um, the 50-over comp and has, you know, debuted this year as well and has been fantastic. Uh, and uh, a young lad called Nathan Waterston, who hasn't quite fired yet, but uh, he's just come back from trying to be a professional footballer. Uh, I think he was at Carlisle and he moved to, to Barrow, uh, but that didn't work out. Um, and he's always had a, t- he used to be at Durham as a kid. Um, and we're, we're just waiting for him to flourish in county cricket, really, you know, but again, he's transitioning from club cricket to county cricket. Yeah, um, I suppose, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Matt. I suppose having somebody like, Gary Pratt around, who's who's been around for years as well, helps those youngsters come through. And I think it's it's one of the things that we're trying to promote centrally is obviously getting the young players into the into the teams, but also it's integral that you have that experience as well, isn't it? To to kind of um, steer the ship, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Gary's 
uh, captain Cumbria for is it 13 years, 14 years? I'm not quite sure, but you know his experience is is absolutely incredible. Um, and even the likes of Paul Hindmarsh, who's uh, who played a lot of years ago for Cumberland, uh, and he went away to Whitgift um, to do some coaching down there, and he's come back and you know he's he knows the lads, he's fitted in really well. Um, you know, offering advice to everyone. Um, you know, we're we're in a great position um, for all these lads to learn, and you know, we can't ask for any more really than than the likes of Gary Pratt. You know. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully it's when we're playing such a certainly from what I've seen such a high quality of cricket, both in the one days and the three days. Um, it, it really bodes well for getting a lot more of our players up into the first-class system, which is obviously one of our major goals. So that's really great to see a lot of the youngsters coming through and, and just having those slightly more experienced heads to to help them. And obviously, people like the, the Pepler and the Gary Pratt's around that have got that experience can really help that. So that's great. It's really interesting to get an insight from you all. So how, one couple of... Well, a final question from me, really. How... And the fact that you're going from one day to three day cricket, uh, how do you how do you prepare for a semi final, which is ultimately quite a big game, and you haven't played a one day, and, and obviously you don't. It's not like a professional environment where you've got three or four uh, days all together to prepare for that. So is it is it a specific focus in the morning? Do you, do you get on calls with each other? How does that work in the lead up, Ben? Especially, I suppose, seeing as you weren't with the guys last week. Uh, last week, did you? How does it? Um, from from a game plan perspective, how does how does that work, or do you just work it all out on a Sunday morning? I think I think we've been planning for this for for the last week or so since we got through to the to the semi. I think as we've seen in our three day form, we've been probably still focused on our white ball cricket. Uh, I think it's predominantly a very much white ball team, so I think everyone still knows their roles, even with a, a few weeks off for the white ball stuff. I think everyone still knows their plans as we've as we've shown through the last five five games. So I think it's obviously it's a big switch from the three day stuff. But I think our team very much suits this white ball comp and we all know our plans still and that doesn't that doesn't change. Yeah, and I suppose having said that, we we spoke about it this a couple of weeks ago that if if you're running as a bowl and you're trying to hit the top of off stump, I suppose you're not going to go far wrong. And if you're a batter, if you're looking to play decent shots again, you're not going to go too far wrong. So, uh, Oscar, how much do you think uh, it seemed, well, I don't know whether it's a fortress or not, but going back to Port Talbot and a bit of home advantage, is that going to help? Yeah, I think so. I think hopefully the, the weather holds off and uh, we normally get a decent crowd down in, down in Port Talbot. Um, lot of support for the Welsh lads so yeah we're, we're hoping it, it will become a little bit of a, a fortress for us um hence why we've decided to play the the semi-final there um but yeah it's just it's a nice ground it's a it's a good deck for cricket um so yeah we're, we're really excited to return there and hopefully hopefully repeat the result from the quarter-final for us excellent well let's hope the rain stays away because it's uh we don't want any uh any bowl outs or anything like that We'd, we we want to make sure uh it's been fairly clear for me looking from the outset. I've obviously tried to get around to a few games, but it's definitely, uh, and it might be an obvious thing to say, but the form teams have definitely got through to the semis. Um, there wasn't any sort of shocks as we as we went through. It's definitely the, the teams that have been performing consistently well. Uh, and I suppose when we're playing... Uh, less games in the three days. That's gonna that's gonna be a similar thing. It's um, uh, my my last question before if if Jim's got anything to add is uh, what are your thoughts as players individually on the the MVP that we've introduced this year? I, I suppose 
I'll start with with uh, Andy because you're probably one of the you're the most recent winner in the one day stuff. Um, how has that been viewed personally or by the players? Uh, well, to be honest, we don't. There's not been too much chat about it. I think it's um, just been seen as quite a nice reward for a, a special, maybe or decent performance for, for your team. Um, well, as I said, we haven't spoken much about it, um, but obviously there's a couple of us with eyes on it. I'm uh, following it and seeing who's scoring the runs, taking the wickets, and winning those match-defining moments. Um, so from that point of view, it's nice to see who we need to look out for that isn't always necessarily an obvious. Uh, an obvious person in, in the opposition. Um, that's probably probably how we, we're looking at it. Yeah, and Ben, have you got a half an eye on it? Seeing as you're probably you're one point behind uh, behind Michael at the moment, and I suppose you two are the only. Uh, well, you're certainly the out there leading because the other two people that are behind you are out of the competition. So, uh, I wouldn't say probably half an eye, but obviously <laughs> I, have, I have noticed that leaderboard. Um, obviously, more focused on getting through to the final, which is the most important thing, but. I think, like Andy said, it's a great addition to to the comp. Obviously, this yeah shows if you have a standout performance, you do get a nice reward for it, which is a good touch. Um, but I think it's a it's a positive thing moving forward. Excellent, good stuff, Jim. Have you got uh, any, anything to well, anything to add? I was just I was just thinking because uh, of course my lot have been on the uh, the receiving end of uh, Messrs Seabrook and, and Dutton already this year. Not had a chance to see Wales and Berkshire yet, but uh, but I will. Uh, ben looks as if he's pulled the short straw because uh, I know Cambridge is it's, Cambridgeshire is a vast county, and uh, getting up to Keswick on a Saturday night presumably. Uh, are you all going together, Ben, or uh, or uh, travelling separately? Uh, no, we're all travelling separately. So we're all scattered around East Anglia today in. Uh, some lads are in Norfolk. I'm, I'm luckily in Bury St Edmunds, so it's not a million miles away from home. So we're all travelling up in, in a couple cars each, um, making up to Keswick tonight, hopefully. And not too bad, the other one, is it? Uh, down the M4, I guess, from uh, from Berkshire to, uh, to Port Talbot. Let's hope the weather stays uh, fair for everyone and uh, let's hope for some cracking uh, cricket, Richard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and good luck, guys, to you all. Um, it's uh, thanks for your time, and it's it's really good to to speak to you guys and get a bit of an insight. And, I, and there's a few names there to look out for, not only you four, obviously, but uh, the other the other chaps we spoke about. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Weather stays away, and um, yeah, we'll hopefully this this time on uh, this time on Monday we'll know who's going to be at Wormsley on the second of September. Silence. Perfect. Thanks, gents. <laughs> Cheers for having us on, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, fellas. No all, all the best. Thanks a lot, lads. NCCA reviews and previews. So, uh, Richard, look, <laughs> we look ahead to uh, to two uh, fantastic uh, semi-final matches. But before we do that, we should just reflect on uh, your predictions from last week, sir. Yeah, I, I'm really, really not, um, not, not. I haven't quite got to grips with this. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we had a lot of, we had a lot of results as well. So the opportunity was there for me. But um, the two draws this week were Cams and Links and Wales and Shropshire. So they sort of kind of come out of, their, come out of the, the running. But Norfolk and Staffs, I picked Staffs and obviously Norfolk won. Um, Beds Cumbria, I, I picked Cumbria and Beds won. Books Hearts. Berkshire and Dorset sang stories I picked Hearts I picked Dorset and Books and Berkshire won respectively uh, Cornwall and Devon I picked Devon and Cornwall uh, won and then finally I did have one victory uh, with Wilts versus Oxford they won away so I will be picking all the home teams next time I pick my championship 
uh, predictions. But yeah, so one point this week for me, which is yeah, which is uh, pretty dismal. But there we go. So how did the overall? standings of that look well by my reckoning uh 14 13 i'm i'm leading so it's still very much neck and neck and of course two games this weekend two games this weekend i think you might have a week we, we i think i started in nice so i think you're you're a week behind so a point ahead and a week behind i am so that doesn't bode very well but uh, <laughs> anyway let's onwards and upwards to the semi-final so because you've seen the uh, Cumbrian cams will take that advantage away from you because you don't need any more advantages over me. <laughs> so at Port Talbot, where Wales are taking on Berkshire, what's uh, who, are, who are you picking? Yeah, this is how tricky is this one then? Uh, I think it's a bit of a cracking game of cricket to, to, to get to. I'm half a mile to get in the car and, uh, and hurtle down to Port Talbot. I guess I'm in the middle of both those games, uh, or both those venues. Uh, look, um, it's it's almost coin, coin toss time. I, I do think Berkshire have got this role. They, they, they really seem to be getting their act together. Uh, a good performance this week against Dorset. Uh, reluctantly, uh, perhaps against Wales, but uh, let's let's go for let's go for Berkshire. Yeah, and I, and it's not no easier to pick a winner from Cumbrian Cams. Both um, both on form teams in this competition. In fact, all four are on there, as we've said. So really difficult, um, really difficult to pick from. I'm just going to go with Cams. Um, I just think they've got the, the the momentum, and with Ben Seabrook coming back in fresh, having had a little bit of a break, and with Harrison Craig, his confidence must be going through the roof. So. I'm going to go with the Cambridge team. So according to us, then, it's going to be Berkshire against Cambridge in the final. So if you're betting folks out there, put your money on Cumbria versus Wales. <laughs> yeah, I was literally going to say exactly the same. <laughs> go exactly the opposite. But yeah, I think uh, it, it's it's testament to all four teams that it's, it's incredibly difficult to pick. Uh, and, and to be honest, I'd be I'd be more than happy to go for for Cumbria or Wales yeah. as well because they've all, they've all played some brilliant cricket and. It's yeah, they're, they're incredibly tough to, to pick. Really, it's a bit finger in the air, but um, yeah, looking forward to seeing um, to seeing who can, comes out on top of these two two games. Yeah, good luck, good luck to all. Okay, NCCA Badgers, I asked you three questions about the National Counties Cricket Association. Let's see how you got on. Question one, in which year were the then minor counties divided into eastern and western divisions with a final between the two winners to determine an outright champion? Was it in 1973, 1983 or 1993? The answer is in fact 1983. Question two, I asked which county has won the championship 12 times with one shared title more times than any other county? Well, the answer is Staffordshire have won the title 12 times, followed by Buckinghamshire with 10. Durham, now a first-class county, of course, have won it nine times and Berkshire eight times. Question three, can you remember who Berkshire beat by one wicket to win the 2019 championship final? Come on, Berkshire fans, at least you should know the answer to this one. It's Staffordshire. Well done all. There'll be more on the pod next time. Okay. That'll just about do us, I think, Rich. Uh, are you uh, on your travels at all? Um, I potentially will be. I certainly will be for the championship stuff next weekend yep. uh, when that starts again. Uh, it's nice to get and see that. And I'm, uh, I've worked it out, so I see every county this summer pretty much. Uh, get a few miles in, listen to a little bit of Radio 5 Live. Don't know what I'm going to do now the Olympics is finished. I was 
well uh, well informed on everything that was going on. But um, yeah, looking forward to getting out and watching a bit more cricket for sure um, uh, over the next sort of two to three weeks. Um, and preparation is well underway for both finals, both at Wormsley and at Tring. And as soon as we know the the finalists on Monday, we'll be um, we'll be sending out all the uh, all the advertisement and the promotion for that finals to to get your tickets and get down and uh, certainly in the first instance to Wormley to watch Wormsley to watch a, a great final. Absolutely. And of course, so uh, we, uh, we say this every week, but um, please do send us in uh, any, uh, any clips that you, uh, you may want to. Uh, and of course you will also keep everybody up to date on the website, Rich, won't you? Yeah, absolutely. National counties, ca.co.uk. Uh, all the info's there on all our social media channels. It's all linked up together. So yeah, follow us on any platform that you prefer. Fabulous. Okay, well, we'll be back next week then reviewing those two semis and looking forward to uh, another round of championship games. Absolutely. All right, have a good week, sir. Yeah, you too. From Northumberland to Norfolk, Cumbria to Cornwall, we've got National Counties cricket covered.